right, we're now um, locally recording. Stream we're here. going live, and I'm gonna mostly tier five emissary fantasy. <laughs> Uh, Plus a bone cake. We should do a whole episode. What? Uh, it what? says most fantasy. Oh, does it? Okay. Yes. Uh, oh my god, please mute your phones. Unprofessional. Oh, thank you, actually. Jesus Christ. Mute your phones, please. That That is one thing, you know. It is really, like... I, was, I never have my phone off vibrate. Like I, I don't. Never have yeah, yeah. mine's always the... vibrate. It is the most bizarre thing to have my phone like actually make noises at me. Mm. Yeah, I set a timer because I mentioned I made spinach artichoke dip and we had it in the oven and I set a timer. I don't know why, but I just did. And my phone made a noise and I fucking lost it because I was like, "What?" The? I'm like, "Who the fuck? Whose phone is fucking? <laughs> whose phone's going off right now?" I'm like, "Someone's getting a call," and then it was my phone. You're just like, ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the dip's burning. It's it's a whole thing. Okay. All right, so we are all live. Oh, let's go. Oh. Kells has given us the live sound check from the other room. Our producer, if you will. <laughs> oh, that's a that's a good little setup. Yeah, I like it. Whose setup okay. is that? That's Logan's. Oh, nice. Um, what, hey, here we are. Look at that. Yeah. That's hey. clean. That's clean. That's pretty clean. That's clean. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead with the assumption that we all sound good. So why don't we just do a sound off, introduce ourselves. Well, first of all, this is Mostly Fantasy, where we get to talk about Mostly Fantasy. I'm Griffin. Uh, I'm Koji. I'm Jesse. I'm Cody. I'm Logan. Hell fuck yeah. Hell fuck Hell yeah. My, th oh, my yeah. thoughts exactly. <laughs> I have a question. What's up? So if it, it's mostly fantasy, yeah. let's mm. say like mostly is like 70%. What's, what's sure. the 30%? Yeah, what is it? 30%. That's a good start. My yeah. thoughts. We're, I mean, we're it's 60 a, proof, if you will. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're 60 proof. My my idea was like, we'll talk about like maybe sci science fiction Maybe get a li little bit more like <clears throat> talking more about like Fermi paradox shit and like just the, like the world's conversation. Yeah, just like conversation, yeah. like you know, fireside conversations. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, Cody, can can I act you talking for a little bit for that's yeah. from our producer? No, I I mean I think it's important that I should really uh, mark down, draw the line in the sand of where my knowledge is and all this because I don't know fucking <laughs> anything about fantasy uh i think i've seen the lord of the rings once back in like 2015 i think or like something like that or when or you one. skipped class i did With i skipped Nick class Griffin. dude don't this is gonna be on record forever dude they're <laughs> gonna get me for truancy uh, uh so yeah so i don't know fucking anything so i'm just gonna be here to to learn and provide uh you know some some chad insight uh on this incel topic okay uh, logan logan hit me with your thoughts what you think is mostly fantasy and what else you want to talk um about? so i think that for this i it's it, it seems like we kind of wanted to go about this with like uh the things that we individually talk about anyway so it's kind of like a, a way to just you know formalize a conversation that we're normally having but yeah. i do kind of want to like <clears throat> try to pepper in things that i usually wouldn't talk about too like um i don't know like i don't know much about uh lovecraft stuff so i would love to Same. you know pepper in more of that stuff only i've only read like one or two stories so mm -hmm. 
Hell yeah. I don't know, I'm just waffling at this That's... point. Yeah. De- now, hold on. Let me ask our producer how you sent, how you sounded. Uh... That's Did you know question. this guy's fucking his producer? <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> We're gonna find out. No, that's what I call inside her trading. <laughs> All right, wrap it up. We're definitely on the other side of the mostly fantasy. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I That was a question, like, I guess Lovecraft isn't fantasy it's horror he's mm-hmm. horror yeah oh, it's horror with light fantasy elements mm-hmm. i think that's fair i think probably people probably bridge that gap because of call of cthulhu like the board you know the tabletop yeah game. yeah and a lot of people associate that same thing with like D and shit and so yeah and like, so bit you know lovecraft like <clears throat> just permeates throughout so many like works of fantasy oh, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. just, you know he so i guess he's like kind of foundational in that way um so yeah, I don't know. Like, you can you can draw a line from a lot of things back to Lovecraft. Like, right. I mean, um, yeah. There's so many things that are eldritch in nature. That's, yeah. They yeah. like base that root of that kind of like, you know, of that kind of storytelling probably comes from Lovecraft. I'd assume. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I was I was like um, reading an article the other day that was like talking about how Avatar: The Last Airbender has like, which elements of it are lovecrafty is talking about um the uh the demon the, the spirit who steals faces yeah um the, the article was like yeah it's very lovecrafty and i'm like Shh, a lot of things passed for pass for lovecraft nowadays i guess <laughs> before yeah, I we get I go ahead go ahead creepy that yeah that guy is i okay we're go we're diving down <laughs> another rabbit hole yeah we're gonna, we're gonna table lovecraft talk okay, well lovecraft could be a trope Love, I bet, love, okay, Lovecraft definitely maybe used tropes and was the founder of many tropes. Um, oh, are we talking about tropes? That is that what's happening for this there. episode today? Is that, is that what, a transition? Is that, is there, yeah. Is that like something that we should be talking about? That's like what the topic for today mm, okay. is, is tropes. So wow. I figure I'll give a brief rundown on like <clears throat> what tropes are. And then one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into specific tropes is whether like kind of the stigma around them like the state we'll get into that but to me tropes are just like similar to stereotypes where they're things that are (coughs) transcendent from just the the specific piece of work that are maybe like um uh ideas that are reused by different authors and different you know creative people uh to kind of make a character more relatable or make something easier to understand because tropes kind of have a they have a lot of unsaid uh background with them so if i told you like a damsel in distress you millions of of pictures will come up instantly in your head and you kind of know the background there so Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that, like, transcends genre, too. Because, like, that's not, you know, if, like, you use the damsel in distress story, um, shit, we might just be, like, this might just turn into a podcast about (laughs) tvtropes.com. That shit's Um, good. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, if you, like, use the damsel in distress type of story, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, like a really really old fantasy tale slash trope mm-hmm. it i mean taken with liam neeson as a damsel in distress type story true when it, and that's not fantasy true. you know so right. um 
it is cool to see that like tropes like that can be applied to different not only fantasy but like other genres mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. logan i, well, I think a trope you... yeah there you go yeah I, th- I think tropes are mostly just like a shorthand for an idea that we c- we can understand easily so if you see you know if, if you describe a work of fiction or something like that as a you know trope heavy i think that just means that it's mostly relying on ideas that other authors have kind of created before and something that's really well established and i think some of the reasons why we um might ridicule something that is you know quote unquote trope heavy is because we might associate that with like not coming up with many original ideas of of its own um but you know a trope in itself isn't a bad thing because you know doing a like a damsel in distress story can still you know show you an interesting narrative but uh it's just kind of relying on a story structure that we're familiar with and that's not inherently a bad thing i think it's just you know all like all how you and you use it do you think that there's a balance that you can strike between centering your story around a trope or having them there and still trying to come up with original content or is it is it something that's like granular that you can dial back or what do you think well i i think it's probably like mostly situational you know like um if i think it's all in about like what will make the the story better so if you're you know going with uh kind of the the well-walked path and talking about um things that have that the audience might be expecting that can kind of lead to like a lot of disappointment i feel like and i think that's probably um another reason why tropes are kind of looked down upon mm-hmm. yeah definitely is that what you're talking about regarding stigma griff like oh this this is a, a work that's super trope heavy or um it's just like littered, <clears throat> littered with so many tropes that it can be a turnoff for some people just by that fact alone. Yeah, and I think it's not doing anything original. Quote mm-hmm. I, I, I exactly that, and I think to pretty much exactly what Logan said. Like tropes are typically seen as negative and can be definitely negative, but you can really use them in a refreshing light. Uh, do we want to? Do we want to dive straight into one? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'll, yeah, sure. All right, coach, go. give us a give us one of your tropes. Uh, so. Uh, <laughs> The one I thought of right off the bat was the quest. So, like, any sort of story mm-hmm. that has a quest involved, you know, I mean, classic Lord of the Rings, you know, Frodo has to bring the uh, one ring to Mordor and drop it into Mount Doom to destroy, you know, the ring. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and the whole series, that whole series is about that one quest, right? And mm-hmm. it's such, a, such an old work, you know, you could see, you know, it's not really a trope at that time, mm-hmm. but nowadays you start reading other books or you look into other fantasy you know kind of fiction like that it's definitely a a big trope you know you see a lot of people say oh this is the one quest we have to go save the princess you know zelda in a, in a way it has that you know oh fantasy trope, so. you know? yeah and so yeah. It leans on it really oh yeah hard. Leans like on zelda trip. has a lot of tropes oh yeah like for sure ton. and yeah. like and that's definitely one of them i mean you think of the name of the game is zelda mm-hmm. and your <clears throat> character you play is not zelda you're you know the Wait, what? <laughs> I didn't know you do that. Are you kidding me? His name is Spoilers, but... not even name. <laughs> oh, sorry. I but, was uh, I was one of those kids that. Oh, same. Yeah, I was too. Like... I was like, oh yeah, I'm playing as Zelda. No, that's the person you're saving. But like, yeah. that's you know the name of the of the whole franchise is about the person you're trying to save, the quest that you're trying to achieve mm-hmm. in a sense. I guess that kind of ties in with damsel in distress too, mm-hmm. in, in a sense. But yeah, um, I don't know. I, 
I don't know if there's really like very many ways to make the quest a like a refreshing trope. I'm not sure if that's yeah, an easy to one to try to fix and like or you know do it in a way to where it's not so like classic. You know, yeah. I gotta do something. Achieve and the we one did objective. It. Yeah, yeah. That's what you're working towards throughout the entire series. Yeah. Um, but is there know. is there like a word or an idea for when a trope becomes so prevalent and like used that it's no longer a trope it's just like a part of something because the quest is like something it's like a driving force in so like so many every story pretty much like i'm trying to think of a story that doesn't have i mean i would probably i i think the thing about quests is that i think in the in the trope sense a quest is like given to you right Mm. like right how like gandalf like rides in and he's like hey we, uh, like <laughs> you gotta go do this. Is it Gandalf? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, he like he like rides in with the express purpose of being like, I come and deliver unto you this quest. You need to go do this thing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or the world's gonna explode. Versus like if you look at like, like we talked about earlier, we talked about Taken, right? Like it's still a quest. He still has to go mm-hmm. get his daughter, but it's not like they like came to him and was like, we're like, hey, you gotta go like kill these people. He just found out. So I think I think what makes it a trope is the delivery. Deliver. Okay, so like how yeah. how how that quest comes into yeah. play. So it's not like Cuz otherwise it's just a mechanic, right? It's just a mechanic. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a good way. Like a mechanic is was what I like was the innkeeper, you know, you talk to the innkeeper, yeah, anything going on here, you know. That's it's like, trope. yeah, that's a big that's a huge trope, but that's kind of how that trope in itself is also like that creates the, the trope for the quest right you go to this guy to find mm-hmm. information and be like hey you know anything that's going on around here that i can uh you know solve for you guys <laughs> Wait, <laughs> you got some gold quest yeah exactly so the gold, i never gold got that in comes up over there yeah yeah, yeah where like you would go into a, a tavern or some shit and they're like like one of the the notations is like do you have any work for me like or do you have any jobs it's like who who the fuck goes into a town goes to a bar is like hey man like I'm looking for some work, you know. Like, you know yeah, that's... maybe like put in a job application, you fucking asshole. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to you in three to five days. Yeah. If yeah, I, as as a quick side note to that, since you brought up, I like how The Witcher Three does it because they just have boards in like boards. cities, yeah. which is a, that... a more like reasonable way. Yeah. And there's like shit postings on the boards too. Mm. Yeah, it's not yes. all. So it's, it's not all like so main like quests and stuff. It's like people talking shit. Um, yeah, like the back of the uh, the quest board in uh, the Thousand Year Door. Oh God, I never played the Thousand Year Door. Dude, no, I've watched Mitch play it. That's... Yeah, like there's this main like uh, like board in the middle of town, and if you like go to the back of it and click on it, um, it'll just have like some somebody just like talking shit about like some random thing that just happened in the game. <laughs> that's you know that's like change throughout the story. Oh, that's really good um yeah the the quest is an interesting one um any last thoughts on that before we we kick it to a different mm-hmm. one i think uh oh go 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 Let's, ahead cody i just wanted to say that us talking about it makes me think that mario is a quest too like the whole yeah, thing like he's going all the way and like the whole like you know, your princess is in another castle it's oh crazy. yeah did you know um the reason why the characters like Bowser and Mario uh, can be in like other games and be friends together is because I think it was Kojima said that all the 
characters are actually just actors playing those. So like Mario is an actor what? playing Mario oh, in yeah. in the original Super Super Mario that 64. That makes sense, dude. And then but in like Mario Tennis, the reason why he can be friends with Bowser is cuz he's an actor playing himself playing tennis and do, like mm. it doesn't care about like the peach thing wasn't real it was just a bit like it was just a game <laughs> dude it's, <laughs> it's just, just a, a bit yeah <laughs> and which, which is like what a wild way of that's of nuts in spitting everything Mario, together yeah in super mario brothers 2 the character select screen is literally a stage with an open cur- uh an open curtain Shit. and it shines the spotlight oh. on which character you select good um, point yeah mm-hmm. it's commonly like, known yeah. as jump man Jumpman, Jumpman, Jumpman. Yeah, commonly. Uh, Logan, did you have a trope? Ooh, um... If you don't, I got another one. Yeah, you you go, you go. This one, this one, I... Works really well, and we might, we might be broaching into another topic that you brought up in our chat. Um, but it's the homogenous species trope, where... Oh, yeah. Uh, for those that don't know, like myself after i wrote it down and forgot what it was it's stuff like uh, hobbits hobbits are all good and orcs are all oh. bad and elves are all pretentious assholes and they are though they they are like <laughs> that so it's it's the it's that one race or one you know species is all this one character type and there's no See, the thing one thing that i would counter that with is um one thing about that that always bothers me when i'm you know playing a game or like watching a movie or something like that is because you'll have like oh the the dwarves are all like this the elves are all like this but humans there's more humans and they're the most varied of all the races and it's like if you're gonna do that keep it consistent and like at least make the humans like all greedy or something like that like yeah (laughs) it always bothers me how the the authors are just too cowardly to ascribe um (laughs) you know one trope one like uh uh i guess word to describe the entire human race but they feel totally comfortable doing it for these other ones yeah and maybe that's like the author's subconscious bias coming out being a human themselves and i also think it's just they're lazy right like yeah a lot of bad world builders don't give nuances to races yeah can we, I, this might be a different topic, but, um, it might be a different episode, but like, can we talk about bad world building sometime? Dude, yeah, I would right. love, that's gotta be a whole episode. Cause I would love to do that. Like that, uh, I think world building in general would be a fun a good like, exercise to do too. Cause it, it yeah. wouldn't just be like, you know, we probably do these bad world building yeah, techniques totally. too, but like it, it, it'd be good to like help kind of like learn that yeah, process make us like, all better yeah it makes better in the one so on that note one one i little concept i had was like either a pre-show like before we get into the meat and potatoes of the topic or post after we talk about the topic um was like we do a little bit of world building like we have a, a mostly fantasy world and we just do a little section of world building every episode oh yeah, yeah, yeah that'd be fun this that'd episode cool. we're gonna just talk about a race or something or this yeah. episode we'll talk about a magic system and we'll like brainstorm and stuff and yeah. see what we come up with um so that might um, be it. what's that when you guys are saying world building you're not talking about like where to put the mountains and where to put the trees <laughs> i mean, that, I mean that is part to, of to some extent yes mm-hmm. so what can you can i get can i get the websters on on world building and the breakdown so i'll go there you go for do you want me to go okay so it's like <laughs> um 
actually, Griff sent a really good picture. I think it was in this chat. Yeah. Uh, of an iceberg. And basically, world building in the sense, I mean, you can really shrink it down to, like, the size of a town. And, like, you know, I'm going to create this town. I'm going to, uh, you know, there's going to be, there's a chapel. There's, you know, like, you know, all the geographic features, the actual physical features. But then what about the people that live there? What races live there? What kind of culture is in that town? Um, you know, things, those kind of things. Uh, what kind of food do they eat? You know, how do they speak? What what languages do they speak? Uh, are they a trade city? You know, and this is just down to a town, right? Um, but you can expand that out to be a world. And so, like, the way the world works. So, like, in D&D... A lot of like if you're talking about like the universe in like you know uh it's uh entirety i guess in D D world is like there's something called planes and you know each of these planes have different you know like uh races and whatnot and like they're creatures divine angels you know devils in hell like shit like that and like there's a structure to that well in world building you can start from that big if you want and be like okay this is all the shit I want. I want it to work this way, and then you can start diving in and getting deeper and deeper and deeper in. Or you can start from the smallest level possible, like a mm-hmm. town, even like a house, even, you know, like you got this church or something, and this is how the clergy works. And like, you know, they're worshiping this God who represents this, and then they do these for, you know, specific uh, worshiping practices and all that kind of stuff. So that's probably, that's not really a Webster, I guess not really a Webster's uh, <laughs> shortened down version of what world building is, but it's, it's literally what you'd think like a god would do when they're creating a world. It's mm-hmm. you know, okay, I'm building this world is made of this, and these are the people that live here, and this is how they act, and you know yeah. that kind of. And that, that's why dungeon masters and game masters have a god complex yep. too. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really want to dive. Yeah, we're, 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 building, we're way off. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swerve us back into tropes. Um, I. How how do you guys think that Tolkien is? Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Do you think he did poor homogenous races, or do you think he flushed them out? Uh, like personally, I think they're their individual cultures are really fleshed out, you know, and they have mm-hmm. a lot of different, like, practices and customs and whatnot. Can I pause? Can I cut in really quick? Yeah. I, I think it's important when we're talking Tolkien to talk about if we're going to reference movie Tolkien or if we're going to reference book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot different. It's a lot It's a lot different. I mean, there's obviously the same work, but there's definitely differences. Because, like, like book Tolkien is almost a history book. Like you read the Civil oh, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah. like the driest shit you've ever read. <laughs> You're like, yeah, am I reading a textbook? Like, what the fuck am I? Like this literally, I'm reading a history of elves yeah. and like what you know. Can I cut in? Yeah. Yes. Question. Tolkien is Lord of the Rings. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. We're in Lord of the Rings world. Got it. Yes. Yeah, Lord of the Rings world. That, it's okay. full of fantasy tropes. I yeah. Like, right. <laughs> Logan, what were you gonna say? Um, oh, well, just about, like, the Silmarillion. I remember, like, for one of the campaigns I ran, I wrote, like, a little, like, lore doc for, kind of for, like, my own keepings, and that felt incredibly indulgent, so I can't imagine how writing a gigantic book would feel, <laughs> just to be yeah. like, oh, God, I'm so good at this shit, like. It's basically, like, his Bible, yeah, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. 
I, but kind of tailored towards the elves, right? And like their religion. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Their... Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I I would assume he wrote, he wrote the Similarian or Cimmerillion first. I think he did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, did. I would assume so. Because uh, he was a linguist. Because he was, yeah, he was yeah, a he, linguist. He created Elvish. Created the and then he's like, I need a yeah. world for this language. That's insane. <laughs> I, I think you can learn that on Duolingo. You can. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just I like believe, um, if I remember correctly, it went Hobbit, Silmarillion, um, Lord of the Rings. I could oh, be wrong that on makes that, sense. but mm. I know he... the Hobbit came way before everything else. And yeah. then, like, later, um, like, the uh, the Necromancer was originally just the Necromancer. It was just, oh, like, okay. some dude. Um, mm-hmm. But then later, he was like, oh, do you know what would be some saucy shit if I made, <laughs> <laughs> if I made that, like, the Lord of Evil? You know, like, so... Yeah. So mm-hmm. much of it yeah. he expanded on later. So I think it went Silmarillion and then Lord of the Rings, but oh, okay. I think that would make wrong. sense. Mm-hmm. I so my my thoughts on this is I think he is um, at fault for using homogenous races, but I think he does it well. Like the uh, the elves are obviously really like very fleshed out right. and they're all very unique, and the hobbits are definitely there. stereotypey but yeah. d- very fleshed out as well though the where i see it is like the orcs and the urkai uh are are pretty one note but i think they like i i think i like how one he made their urkai as to be not unique a unique race but instead like fucked up creations of mm-hmm. of uh sauron and like so you can kind of get away with not having like a, a culture or anything there yeah. Right, but I, I, it doesn't subtract. You know, it doesn't. That's this is one of the tropes that I've, is just so prevalent through like, like early fantasy that it's just I've kind of accepted it and I don't really. It doesn't take away from my reading experience, uh, but when you do find somebody that does really good world building for unique races, like it's just, oh, it's really on point. Can we talk I, about I, what that alternative looks like a little bit? Like if you yeah. don't if you don't have homogenized races, right? Does that mean that you have to go and like deep dive every single character you meet and how they're different from the stereotypes? Like this is an orc that like bakes and loves to plant flowers and doesn't go to war. Uh, they live in this village. And then you have to explain to everybody in the village so that you get the you get the deets on everybody, right? Is that is that the alternative or is there a middle ground? If I might jump in, um, unless somebody else wanted to get in here. No, you're good. Okay. Uh, I think uh, Malazan does a fantastic, like, the best I've ever read job of this. And the way that Steven Erickson, the author, does it is it's not like he'll be going through and they'll be like, this is the blah, blah, blah race and this is their customs. It's like this character. So, for example, um, there's like, let's say they're in the military, right? And there's mixed, it's a mixed race military. They're not just all humans. There'll be one character and this one character will do something that's kind of antithetical to what the humans would normally do. And he'll get called out on it and he'll be like, oh, that's just like, that's my, in my country, we do this kind of thing. We're in like, in from my homeland, we do this. And what he does really well is instead of lore dumping everything, he sprinkles it in. So you'll find out this custom about this tribe here and then... Maybe a couple chapters later, he'll give you another one, and then another one, and another one. So he salts it in there, in between everything else, and your brain just subconsciously builds an image of what this species or race of, of beings is like over the course of many books. And the great thing is he has ten 
chonky books. Would you grab me Reapers or the Bone Hunters right there, Jesse? That's the one I'm in the right middle of. Yeah. Uh-huh. You can just... It doesn't, it doesn't matter if it falls. Oh, well, okay. So since we're... Um... Jesse, this is bad. Oh. So he has 10 books. Hey, get my... Get, get out of here. Get out of here. He has 10 books of this size or greater. And uh, so he can he can go so deep over the course of a long period of time, which what's, is what's incredible. crazy too is those aren't the only books in this. No, book. like no. there's there's spinoff series that he wrote. And oh, he has, really? Like he doesn't uh, he like it's else. not just Mala's. It's not just oh. like that's like the main you know like when you when you think Tolkien right you yeah. think Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. right and the okay. Hobbit right kind of slapped together mm-hmm. right, but he has a bunch of other books right that have to do with you know, Middle Earth and all that stuff. That's the same thing with Steve Erickson. The base Malazan Book of the Fallen, like, that's ten books, crazy huge, right? And then he has a bunch of other series in there, too. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I think, I, I, yeah, I agree with Griff and, like, how he lured, like, it's not dumped, it's, you're, you're, he does a really good job in, like, putting you into the world. Yeah. And then you're just being immersed in it immediately. And kind of, you know, that's how you, like, find out if, like, a video game is good, too, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, like, really anything. Any world building like that is if you're kind of thrown into a world, you know some bits that you can maybe, like, okay, yeah, I I, I have a vague understanding of what's going on. But then, Mm -hmm. like, everything else is brand new, and they put that stuff kind of in there. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's besides the point of homogenous races. (laughs) So you would say that, like, the lore dump in the beginning is bad? Like... You don't like when it's like I don't. These know. are these people, and they're like this, and they, like it's, oh, there's this big war going on, and like who's like what's up? Yeah, it gets it gets really overwhelming. Um, and I want to give Logan a chance to speak, but my like final point on this is, uh, Erickson plops you in halfway through a story that's already been going on in the beginning war. of this book. Yeah, so you, it's like it's like. Um, just, it's like you're just immediately engrossed in all this action and your brain is reeling trying to figure out and process everything that's going on. And uh, rather than, you know, press start to start the game, drops you at the beginning, here's a tutorial. It's just like you're in, you're going. It's fantastic. It's, it's great. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. The the to, to pepper in some Latin there that's called in media res which yeah. is uh yeah exactly it's basically like you know starting in the middle of something as opposed to starting at the beginning of something which is like a really cool way to get somebody engaged mm-hmm. um kind of going back a little bit um uh, as far as tolkien goes i think that he's 100 percent guilty of the kind of uh can't remember the word we were using there the, the homogenous races but um mm-hmm. i think that i think i think that he's guilty of it but at the same time i think there's a lot of he, he's he focuses his story in a way that the the characters are built to show you kind of like the ranges of it so like with the friendship of like the the, the classic example right the friendship of Gimli and Legolas you know you've got uh, these two people from cultures that are like very very different and kind of very set in their ways but like throughout the story he tries to build it in a way where you can see like how they've changed and kind of gone away against their um kind of you know the what you might expect an elf or a dwarf to do in that situation Mm -hmm. so i think that he kind of gets a pass in general on it because he's not doing it to kind of i don't know i don't i don't even know how to put it exactly but he's not like trying to use it as like a shorthand to say that like okay this is how elves are in this world but i think that 
the world is built around how elves and dwarves and humans are and you can kind of see the consequences of those actions in the way the world itself is built rather than just saying like yep this is how it is mm-hmm. yeah yeah he uses it he uses these generalizations as a baseline to you know work off of and then when it comes to um uh when it comes to like building individual characters from these races then he's able to really get in and start to develop like you know why they might think a certain way and like you know their background in their race and the, the culture that they grew up in and how that shaped their identity and how that identity interacts with other uh, other creatures and other um, people from different races. Uh, I do I do have like um, kind of some some closing thoughts on Ooh, okay. uh, like homogenized races mm-hmm. with regards to like tabletop uh, oh, role yeah, yeah. specifically like D and uh, D and how it's I I totally understand the um, you know how it's like it can be really like presumptuous and like um i don't know like like presumptuous and uh kind of like cop out to say like oh yeah the humans are uh they're very they're varied and whatnot and they have a lot of different traits and um sub cultures and whatnot but then all of the other races are just kind of put into a little box Boxes. um <laughs> and then i think with like maybe enemies and like having um having like a a group of creatures to be used as like like fodder or just like ah oh, these are the bad guys. Yeah. I I think it's a good place to start and I think where like subversion comes into uh like subversion of tropes. Mm-hmm. I think that's what really makes people fall in love with certain instances in fantasy stories. So yeah. like, you know, Ooh. when we played your campaign yeah. and ogres are bad or yeah okay i think i think Bodorag was an ogre right mm-hmm. okay yeah so ogres are bad and whatnot and they have you know they like they eat people the ogre. and they're just like yeah they're 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 fodder you know they're like yeah. kind of cannon fodder they, they're xp yeah exactly yeah <laughs> um and that's sort of just like a well-known acknowledged trope when with like regards to fantasy people mm-hmm. are like yes ogre's bad but you you can really create cool moments when you go when you use tropes to your advantage to go against those types of things. So like when we were playing in your campaign and we were really starting out and like feeling out this fantasy world and mm. you're like I'm gonna throw a an ogre at, at you guys but he's just like a friendly NPC and he makes you guys dinner and we like ended up falling in love with them and whatnot. Yeah. And I think that's what can create moments when uh, in fantasy and basically you know all other media yeah. is when you use tropes to your advantage like that to say, yes, we acknowledge the trope, um, but we're going to like twist it in a way and poke fun at it and create like a memorable moment mm-hmm. because we're, we're like self-aware of, mm-hmm. um, you know, like the, how generally like tropes can like come across. Yeah. But yeah, that, those are sort of my thoughts on yeah. I think applying that. them in, in RPGs. Ahead, but would you say that at this point, uh doing that where you know you have like a member of a certain community that acts in opposite of its you know intended nature you could argue that that itself is like almost a trope at this point because i think that's a pretty common like a pretty common use of it as well Mm -hmm. yeah i think yes you could definitely say that and like there's so many like works of fiction now and so many worlds that have been built like basically since you know uh Tolkien started out and like mm-hmm. 
really started this huge like world building thing that mm-hmm. we're just so far along now that it's just it's just a a, a globular mess yeah. of, yeah. <laughs> of, of everything yeah. yeah of all the different yeah, there's no right. such thing as a, like, an original thought mm-hmm. yeah anymore. but no I, I i definitely agree with that you know we're we're at the point now where um even even like subverting tropes mm-hmm. is a trope in and of yeah. itself yeah <laughs> um anybody else have any thoughts Uh, anybody have one that they want to bring up? Um, not, I, I don't know if it's a trope, okay. but something I like in fantasy, mm-hmm. and I think it's just like, because I'm a stickler for like roles, mm-hmm. is like, you know, the typical party, fantasy party. You have your, like, your ranger, your cleric, your mage, you got a fighter, you know, that kind of, I don't know if that would be considered a trope, but it's something you see yeah, a lot like in fantasy. Party makeup? Party, a party makeup, right? Like, yeah. you know... I don't see it just like a group unless they're npcs you know mm-hmm. a group of uh paladins and that's it you know that's all there are you know? just <laughs> dudes like running around warhammer yeah it sounds <laughs> sweet but it's like you don't really see that when like a group like when you make a like a group of core characters and like mm-hmm. your story revolves around yeah um, i don't know if that would be considered a trope um but it's i think it's one of those things that's i, I commonly see and i i like it i don't know it's just kind of it's and it bring you know each person gets like bring something different to the party and that yeah. and like those kind of roles can bring about like stereotypes which might yeah. be tropey like you know your rogue is super edgy yeah and your mage is like really smart I'm book smart or something <laughs> yeah. right and then yeah. like your barbarian is dumb and like drinks a lot or something and likes bar fights but. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would be considered a trope. I feel like I feel like this is I there's a potentiality to go like super down deep in this rabbit hole. I'm for it personally because I think this I think that's that's I think I think you've cracked open something that I that I've always known inside of me when I see a party, right? Yeah. Whether it's in like like a like a video game or in like a movie or something like that, where I just it subconsciously locks in my head where I'm like, of course, like the like the ranger is like a woman who's like a crack shot, like a cat yeah, right. the the thing and then like and then yeah, you have like the like the paladin, like Brotherhood of Steel looking motherfucker in yeah, like, this yeah, big ass yeah. armor. He's like this big brew, but he's like a softy at heart or some shit. Yeah, like that, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I think there's a lot of tropes in there. I think yeah, I I, I would love to talk about this shit. If yeah, you it yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, I yeah. I like uh, uh, I don't have a fully formed thought, so I'm not gonna jump okay. in. Somebody else say something. Oh, okay. Um, I think throughout like so many stories being told like you know star wars or whatever i think it's just like these characters um falling into these roles just work well together yeah. like um they have you know they have the potential to just create a lot of really cool situations because of like the clash of having the the paladin who's this like you know totally righteous dude right. or lawful good or, you know uh yeah um, having like a lawful good character and then having the clash of having someone in the party be uh, like chaotic neutral or mm-hmm. like even chaotic evil to an extent. Um, so yeah, I think it's just, ha- you know, has to do with like um, how those characters are used in storytelling to create um, like tension mm-hmm. and like meaningful interactions between the characters. Mm-hmm. I'm going to jump in. Uh, I think this is one of those tropes that is really uh that i personally really like because it almost makes a um base for me to then build on 
So I, th I think where this trope goes wrong is if you leave your character as the ranger, not as blah, 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 the ranger, and give them a backstory. If you just okay. leave them as that bundle of tropes or rogue, that bundle of rogue tropes that's like cunning and, and you know, stealthy and mysterious, and you don't dig further into their fucked up past and like all this bullshit, that's when you, you, you know you run into that where the trope becomes bad. But as a, a very easy to digest and approachable kind of bundle of uh, ideas, I really like it, especially when I'm reading, if I'm reading what I'll call like a candy fantasy novel, where it's something like I don't want to have to consult a glossary when I'm reading this book to like figure out who this character was or like what the political dimensions is uh, uh, for this country is if it's just like this is a person who's a badass who's gonna go do this thing and it's gonna be fun to read about it i think that trope goes really well because it's really you don't have to spend a lot of extra time you know building up the idea of what that person is um i wonder if there's space so refresh me again with the lord of the rings the the party you got legolas the archer guy Right, the elf. Mm -hmm. The Gimli is the dwarf who's like got the hammer or yeah. axe oh, and my axe. Yep. And my axe. Like a, what is he, like a barbarian? What the fuck would yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Barbarian or like, like a paladin or something. It's yeah. those, so it's those two and then Gandalf for a little bit. Spoilers. Magic. He's a sorcerer. He's like the mage guy, the sorcerer, right? And then it's just the hobbits, the two. And then Aragorn. He's like the typical ranger. Aragorn is a ranger? Yeah. yeah. He's like the... Quintessential. quintessential ranger so legolas would be like a rogue or a fighter okay yeah so i have i have two questions then um what the fuck do the hobbits do what are their roles you gotta figure it out what is supposed to be around in the area is the thing like they don't they don't do anything right like they're just the burdens they're just the main characters and mm -hmm. they have to take the in thing to the place and do the thing and is there space for that in other uh, party compositions, right? This is in spicy. my opinion. Yeah. My opinion yeah, is dead weight. Like piece of shit. But, yeah, yeah. Like, is there space for that in other parties? Like, how I, how do you think an author works with that? Oh, <laughs> that's actually a great point. Jesse had a good point. Go go mm. in on this. I have a lot of thoughts on C three PO does nothing. I would argue that the the hobbits do. I mean, even Merry and Pippin when they're in the mines, they're of the Moria, best. Though. They're like, yeah, yeah, they're they're right. uh, yeah you're right. I mean, what about uh, Isengard? I mean, they, they move the plot the forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um. But they they like they have like you know they're you have all these really cool figures like Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli and Gandalf mm -hmm. um, and who are just like these pillars of you know like martial arts and weaponry and like knowledge and magic and like command over like the world and then you have like the hobbits like you're saying Cody just like these. Like they come from nothing. They're us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're the common folk. Yeah. Well. Um. So, but yeah, like C three PO doesn't do any. Like he is totally just like. I I I don't think I can think he of translate an sometimes. It's ex sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he gets to translate. Got a very niche yeah. role. Yeah. And so he's sort of like the foil within the party dynamic. Everyone just always like gives him a fucking hard time mm -hmm. and just like you know talks about how useless he is mm -hmm. so i guess like having like a punching bag in the party mm -hmm. which the hobbits aren't 
but C-3PO is. Oh, I don't know where C-3PO I'm going is. with this. <laughs> uh, I, I, I appreciate what the Hobbits bring to the story of Lord of the Rings in that they provide a... Uh, they almost provide like a protect the president kind of feeling mm-hmm. of like we need to... We need to uh, like get these people. What's that? What's that word? Not a fetch quest, but a uh, 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 delivery. Delivery, uh, like the delivery NPC, quest. Uh, Talking about the uh, 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 escort mission. Escort, escort mission. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a trip. <laughs> uh, the, the, it's like an escort mission. Of like, okay, we got to take Frodo and get him here so we can do this thing. So, so really, it's... that's the big quest. It's yeah, an escort mission. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is just like the worst part of Assassin's Creed when you get down to it. <laughs> it really. And that's like I if if Lord of the Rings didn't have such strong other characters and cool world, I would hate it because one I hate Frodo and I hate Sam because they're just two sacks of of crying blathering they don't shit do anything. that don't do anything. Literally, I'll give you the... Frodo, but you leave Sam alone. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you stab me right in the heart I, with that. I, we've been over this before, but I Sam I, Sam is your textbook dictionary definition of a ride or die bitch. He is <laughs> there. He he is, and you know, say what you will. The I only like Mary and Pippin because one, they're fucking hilarious, and two, they provide fun little side plot stuff like getting captured by the Urukai and stuff like that, and then. Um, so we have like comic relief as yeah. like a factor. Literally, that. like the hobbits are literally there to just add suspense and like tension. Mm-hmm. Because if it was if if there wasn't constraints, if there wasn't other constraints, like why not just fly in with the eagles and dump the ring in, or why not just like have this literal god that is Gandalf do something with it? I get that you know he'd be tempted by the ring, blah blah blah. But like there's they they. The hobbits are just so boring and <laughs> not fun. And if I here's what it sums up to: when I watch fantasy and when I consume fantasy, I want to not be reminded that I'm a sack of flesh that can't do anything. I want to be in the the. I want to put myself like, dude, this is yeah, Gandalf, yeah. like right. motherfucking badass over here. Uh, you got Aragorn and like and fucking elf eyes, Legolas over there, like all this cool shit. And then I see myself in Sam or in Frodo, and I'm just like, God, I hate it. <laughs> so maybe it's born out of some. But self-loving. see, the hobbits, the hobbits have so much to bring from like uh, a character design standpoint because, like, what do, what do they bring to the table? They don't bring anything in terms of combat, right? <laughs> like they are useless in the fights with the orcs. Mm-hmm but they are so admirable in like their characters like sam he didn't come along because he thought he could bring anything he came along just because he wanted to see his friend live like right. and the same thing is is true with mary and pippin who mary and pippin actually have a very like important role especially in the books and like mm-hmm. what they do um one of them more than the other i can't remember which one was which but um they had like actually pretty important roles and they did accomplish a lot obviously it's mm-hmm. hard to compare them like to like Aragorn you know but um Frodo is just kind of the main character and he doesn't necessarily do anything besides like his resolute duty and is like I have to do this mm-hmm. but I don't know I think I think the 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 best parts about them is their character rather than like their actions cuz they're you know they're they're not there because they think they're heroes it's just they know that like they need to do this and they 
I don't know. They get shit done. Right. Do you think that um, there could have been a situation in the Lord of the Rings where like uh, the the Fellowship could have like power leveled the Hobbits <laughs> <laughs> and trained them up? And... Dude, yeah, yeah. Gandalf power leveled like that's oh, yeah. he went into a time chamber. Like Cody, I don't know if you know this, but uh, to give you to give you some background, when yeah, my Gan- guess is that the answer is going to be no, I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so when Gandalf fights the Balrog in the Mines of Moria, okay, you know that scene, right? The, you, yeah, the you whip, shall not. Pass. You shall not. Right. Pass. Right. Uh, he gets sucked down into that cavern and he fights the Balrog for like three days, right? From the the depths of hell to the tops of the mountain. Finally, he smote his enemy down onto the tower and the Balrog dies. And then Gandalf dies right afterwards. And Gandalf is like like an angel, kind of. And so he, he doesn't actually, his human form dies, but he goes back up to where he's from. And he spends the equivalent of like six human lifetimes or something like that up there. So it's it, it comes out to like a couple thousand years fucking just training solely and like getting smarter and becoming better and then uh maybe like it's like a, like a week or something and or like maybe two like a week or two weeks in real world time he gets sent back to earth like yeeted back into middle earth and he's motherfucking he went from level like 12 to 20 dude's just fucking gandalf the white like super strong now because he's had literal thousands of years to like progress his craft and become better so it's just I, it's such a funny little bit of storytelling like uh that tolkien it's, used yeah, it's essentially what happened yeah he just power level <laughs> it's great i love it but um, like if we're talking about like um if we're like equating this to like D D, yeah gandalf is an npc for sure totally. he, he's not a player he's not a player oh yeah sorry yeah, what, were, what were you gonna say mm-hmm. what were you gonna say cody I was gonna say, uh, so we're talking about this. I, it almost seems like it's prevalent enough that it's a trope in and of itself, where you have like kind of like the odd, the odd man out, or like the straight man, right? What we have with the hobbits in the Lord of the Rings or C three PO. Like it's not, they're not necessarily like some pillar. I, I really mm-hmm. like that uh, that that uh, expression of like some virtue or some like weaponry tactics or whatever. Uh, and I, I found myself thinking that overlaps a lot with like a lot of main characters in a lot of traditional parties, right? Like you have like, like the run of the mill, like white male normally, who's like <laughs> the main character who isn't like, he's not crazy or good at anything, but then he surrounds himself with like, you know, like the Dorothy, right? Like you have Dorothy who's like, like she, she's nothing special, right? But then you have the lion, the Tin Man and the Scarecrow mm-hmm. and you have all these crazy characters. I, I wonder why that overlap is there um, as a mechanic, if maybe like authors are trying to, have the main character be somebody approachable that readers can put themselves onto or something. I think it might be like for progression's sake. Like they started off as like your average everyday Joe, but then at the end of the story, they're God Emperor of Mankind. You know, like it's cool. It's cool to like see that progression. I guess. I mean, and you you yeah. can come up with so many examples of that too. Like, um, so many stories where they started out like completely normal. I mean, uh, I don't know why. I, it's not like I've even played the games that much. But the first thing that came to mind when you started talking about that is uh, Kingdom Hearts. Like, Sora's just like a kid <laughs> on an island, Hell yeah. and then uh, he j- ends up becoming, you know. I don't even know where that. I, I have no idea what the plot of Kingdom Hearts is anymore. Yeah, but you know what I mean, knows. like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, after he, yeah, after he Sora's the duck. he's the chosen kid. Yeah. And so the chosen. But one. the chosen one. It's important that the chosen one doesn't start off no, being amazing. No, you know, 
because then it's like you, you need that moment in the story where like either a they unlock the secret power or they make the big decision or something okay. like that if they started off like level 20 then who cares right Sorry, we're going through some technical issues coach, with Coach can you hear? here, but... Uh, oh, here, I got you, dude. <laughs> um, okay, good. Uh, Go ahead. I was going to oh, say... Okay, good. We're, you're, we're you're back. Okay, okay, Cody, just speak real quick. Yeah, hello. Testing yeah, for you, okay. Cody, particularly good. nobody else. This isn't... This This voice is for nobody but Koji. Oh. Uh, I'm flattered. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I, I you're totally right, Lugi, because... If, if you start out with a character kind of already at their peak, mm -hmm. um, because so many, so many stories and so many, like, tales that are worth telling are all about, you know, like, the internal struggle and the inter internal changes that a person or a party, like, a group of people have to go through and how they come out on the other side. Like, that's the whole hero's journey, um, like, story model. Um, but if you already start out in in the <laughs> if you already start your story out where your main character or your your chosen one is um in like the upper echelon of of how good they're gonna get there's not a that you're you're already so close to the to the ceiling mm -hmm. of their growth and there's not a whole lot of like i don't know meaningful development that could that could happen there okay i want to jump in uh what if you take that trope to an extreme because one punch man does that Everyone loves One Punch Man, right? It, that's but just all about like. But it's but it's putting it to the extreme. Yeah, and that's yeah. probably why it works out, right? Because he's so freaking yeah. strong that it's like funny and hilarious mm -hmm. rather than like you know, like he, he doesn't have to. There's no like there isn't tension, mm -hmm. but because there isn't tension, it's funny and it turns yeah. into a comical. Yeah, thing watching than... watching that show is like you keep expecting it to eventually be like okay, well here's here's something that's like actually kind of hard, but it never does. Like, yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. always kills it. It's one just always fine. It's always going to be fine. Mm -hmm. that, that actually makes me think of something where it's like we're talking about how this, like, like the trope of the main character, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's always, there's always the star of the show. There's always like the, the one that has one. to like grow or develop or whatever. And the the rest of the party doesn't like die, obviously, but they they're not as important. And maybe they fall off, or maybe they leave, yeah. or maybe they whatever, right? Uh, like, obviously, we've been running with this Lord of the Rings thing. Uh, with Frodo and all that, but I wonder if there's space for fantasy that has like a true focus on the party where there isn't a main character or that burden is shared equally amongst them. And what would that look like? Uh, and would it, would it work? Would it be a shitty story if like we had to spread our attention between like four or five people? And then like, it, is it lazy because it's easier to be like, Oh, Frodo's got to do this ring, and that's all we care about. Or like, mm -hmm. this person had their parents killed, so they got to avenge the death of their parents, right? Rather than finding um, a quest for five people and somehow yeah. being able to make that work. Five people's parents got murdered. <laughs> oh shit! By the same person. The same person. Um, I'm gonna jump in here because I have, I actually have some thoughts on this. Um, there, the that fantasy looks like what uh, the first thing that comes to mind big biases Malasan yeah, <laughs> because you Malasan was weird and I don't know if this was just me that it like happened to but when I first read the first book you follow one character in the beginning for a couple chapters mm -hmm. 
And so it feels like he is the main character. Yeah. And then he just gets yeeted out for a little while, and you, you jump around to five, six, seven different storylines. All these things that are chugging along that seemingly have no interconnection. Um, and so that that's definitely a thing that gets used in a couple different, like a bunch of different um, fantasy worlds. Uh, yeah, and I, I would agree with that, having individuals that eventually intertwine mm-hmm. to come together. But where I'm talking rare. about like, right, right, where it's like from the five people going yeah. to a tavern. That's a rare. Like, I got that's rare, I right? I don't know if there's. Mm. I can't think of off the top of my head one where it's like this is a part. This is the party, and they each have like unique goals, and there's unique world building going. Yeah, on. It was something like they're all like siblings or something like that, so that it's easier right. to justify. Because it would make sense that it would be super difficult to find a quest that would bring together four or five four. people. Uh, okay, one. Uh, this has got to be a story because it's like all the ideas are coming to my mind, but I can't think of a, a, a story that's used it. But where it's like maybe three pe- or people, a group of people that are maybe like opposed to each other, maybe enemies or something like that, get put into a scenario where they are forced to work together and then towards like getting out of that scenario in some way. Mm-hmm. That has to be something, and I'm sure I'm just not thinking of it. Um, yeah, but kind of sounds familiar. Yeah, like uh, that's that's one of those ideas that's just so like base that it can be applied to a lot of different things. Um, but yeah, I can't think of anything. I personally don't. It takes a really good story for me to want to read a plot that jumps around to multiple different characters because I typically just find one I like. Like, oh, I like this character. I like these two characters, and every other storyline, I'm like, I don't really. Can we get back to the ones I like, kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts yeah, on that. You're kind of just like waiting for. Yeah. You're like getting getting through the um, the parts that you're not really super yeah. thrilled about. Exactly. Just so you can get back to the story that you actually are caring about. Yeah. 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 Um. Any any other thoughts on that? Are we on chosen one still? Oh yeah, we, we've we kind of been right? we've kind of been on like chosen one. Meandering. Slash yeah. Uh, so, I'm reading a series. Griff and I have been watching an anime called Tower of God. And I've been Big reading it. It's really good. And uh, I don't think it's super spoilery if I talk about how the author is writing about the characters. But there's two characters. He said, so the, the author of the series says there's two main characters in the in the, in the series. Uh, one is named Bam. And he is the quintessential chosen one. He's got, like, and, like, god the, like he has god powers. Like, he's super duper OP. And then, like... But he didn't really know that that you know, you know inside of him and whatnot, and like, uh, you know, the tower is like this living entity sort of thing, and it's like, oh, you were chosen by the tower to come in and do this, you know. And uh, there's another character named Rachel, and she is the almost in the sense I were talking about the hobbits or like C3PO. She was not chosen, but she got her way in because uh, of a mix-up between her and the actual chosen one, and so. But she doesn't, you know, she has no power. She's, like, you know, very, very average. And uh, she uh, has to take, you know, she has to use everyone around her, like we were talking about earlier, you know, like with the Hobbits, you know, they have to use, like, Los Aragorn, all of them to, like, achieve their goal. And so she kind of does that thing to almost, like, a, a in a malicious way. She uses the people around her 
to try to, you know, reach and attain her goal, in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you get the other side of it where you see the main character, the other main character, Bam, who's, like, going through training arcs and shit like that. And uh, I I think it's kind of a neat way to think about it because what the author was trying to do is he's trying to make you feel like like let's you know what we we're saying about the hobbits earlier is you're, he's trying to make you feel like Rachel who has no you know powers or anything like that mm-hmm. and so you have to she has to go through all these things and you think in your head like man if I, if I was in that situation and I know that there's someone else who was the real chosen one who I thought I was that person I wanted to be that person uh, and I have to work my way up somehow so I'm going to go through I'm going to do the dirtiest shit possible to like try to keep going on my quest you know mm-hmm. and that kind of shit and mm-hmm. i think it's kind of neat to try to like throw yourself throw you into a story and have you more relatable to the character that's kind of seen as like you know it's not the chosen one and it's kind of seen like a shitty person mm-hmm. and then have you like feel for the person that person more than the main character because the main character is the chosen one and right. i think it's kind of a neat play on that chosen one you know sort of aspect or even the party dynamic where it's like yeah, there's useless people, and, like, you relate way more to the useless people than you do, yeah. but they could be shitty, too. It's, yeah, it's like in Pokemon. When <laughs> <laughs> it's like how, um, you know, Gary Oak has to, he has to, like, fight twice as hard as Ash does to get, mm-hmm. like, the recognition from people, and that's mm-hmm. why he's, like, kind of an asshole. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> he has to, like, earn it. <laughs> right, Where right. Ash, you know, everyone just, like, loves Ash. And, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's fantasy. Yeah, <laughs> does he have to earn it because he's a dick? Yeah, that's that's where I'm kind of. He's okay. like he loves the boomers love him, you know. Gary Oak fucking pulled himself up by his fucking bootstraps, and now oh, he gets yeah. to be oh, indignant God. because of it. Yeah, it's Gary Oak's the self self made man, and yeah, everyone should exactly. work like him. Uh, so I I do have something on on. Uh, the whole chosen one thing if we're about to get off of it because i don't want this to get unsaid because yeah. i don't think i'll be able to like live tomorrow <laughs> if i don't get it off my chest um koji the way that you were talking about the chosen one brought up this thing that i've had deep inside of me that i just now realized <laughs> is that oh. like I'm, I'm gonna use harry potter as the instance because okay. i i've seen a couple of those movies um the anger that i get when i watch or consume media that has a chosen one where they're constantly like it can't be me me i'm no but i fucking hate that <laughs> shit hate it, yeah and i get it that it's supposed to be like like if some if an angel came down from heaven and told you that you were the next messiah you'd be like me me <laughs> yeah. but for the per- because it's a trope i think because because the whole chosen one is a trope and we're all the audience is familiar with it like i get frustration by like seeing them not just accept it and move mm-hmm. forward with it and be like, okay, now it's time to go into this journey. I just have so much uncontrollable rage when I see characters <laughs> who are like, they like doubt their abilities or they like, like Aaron Yeager or something like that. Right. He's like, he's like, I can't be the, he's like, oh my God, I can't do it when he can transform into this giant monster. But right? also Aaron like, Yeager gets the shit kicked out of him all the time. So he does. Yeah. That's true. But like, I don't know. But there's I a totally lot of other agree with what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. 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 Like Harry Potter is like someone else should do it, not me. I'm not worthy. You're like motherfucker. Like stop feeling bad about yourself. You piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. The worst part about Harry Potter too is that at the very end, it's revealed that like, oh yeah, well if Harry couldn't have done it, somebody else was there and could have done it. Like we also had a plan B. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, who was the plan B? Neville. Neville. Oh, well, ne- what? Yeah. Really? Well, okay. 
If we want to get into Harry Potter, <laughs> I feel like I feel like at the beginning in the thumb in the thumbnail of this video for, yeah. on Twitch when you stream it should be like spoilers because I didn't know any of that shit. Not for like I'm, I mean I don't give a fuck because I don't really do this stuff, but for people who are like I'm only on the eighth book, guys. I don't know. I gotta yeah, spoilers. What happened? Viewers and Harry uh, Potter. Now. Last thing I'll say on this, because uh, I want to get into like a final topic area. Um, I really like chosen one characters who fully accept their chosenness mm -hmm. and are just badasses, like that just don't take no shit. Are like like the for I think one of the first instances of me coming into contact with that young baby Griffin was reading uh, Artemis Fowl and oh yes Artemis Fowl for those who don't know is 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 a story about this um, kid who's the son of a huge crime lord and he's a fucking boy genius like six million IQ eight head it's Jimmy Neutron Jimmy, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Neutron brain blast yeah and he uh, he like finds his dad's fucks off and uh, gets captured and um, he like an finds like an idiot stupid dad <laughs> And uh, he finds out the existence of fairies and, like, this whole mystical underground. And he just goes, his first thought is, like, I'm going to exploit them to the maximum degree. And this is a kid's oh my fucking book. It's, it's so like a good. sociopath. It's, it's so good. And uh, so he just, like, is super hyper-intelligent, total badass. Like, it's it, that series I love because he just unequivocally is like, I'm the guy and I'm, I'm, the, have you guys seen Spy Kids 3D with Elijah Woods? <laughs> yes, I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think of every time I think of the guy. Does um, he enslave the population of fairies? He tries to. Them? He tries to. He tries to. But there's oh character growth. There's character growth and stuff. Um, but in the beginning, that's his goal is to enslave fairies to become like, ultra dominant and find his dad kind of thing it's great it's incredible it's fucking and he has a hulking bodyguard that is like his uh this sounds like an anime Butler. it's so good <laughs> did they dude. make an anime out of artemis fowl uh, probably honestly they <laughs> did they make an anime movies. out of the story of like cortez and like like this that's what this sounds like like cortez and the big bully that's his bodyguard is the spanish armada and then he rolls up on these fairies which is actually the <laughs> katana He's like, Artemis Fowl? We're just going to kill him because we have guns. It's an allegory. You're doing, it's an allegory. You're doing, that. You're doing like a one-to-one -one analysis. <laughs> hey, this is right mostly there. fantasy, not mostly history. history? Okay. I mean, no, this is the 30%. That's the 30%. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. This, right, is a, right. this is a, a Cortez apologist stream. Like, he had character development. There was growth. There was growth. Um, but he was also the chosen one. Yeah. 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 That's what the Mayans thought. The Aztecs. It's true. Jesus. Have you seen Rose El Dorado? Yep. She thick in that movie now. Yeah. I've seen it like 150 <laughs> times. Dude. I've oh, seen, yeah. I've seen, about, I've seen 45 seconds of it uh, 150 <laughs> times. Well, what's her name? Chicha? I don't remember. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't look at her Chell. name. Chell. Chell. This guy. Um, 150 okay. times. I'm not lying. I, I believe it. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so to wrap up, final kind of final topic before we end this. Anybody uh, got any any ideas? I was gonna do like our um, kind of our favorite and least favorite tropes manifested in Ooh. into into media. I like that. All right, all right. I'm gonna piggyback off something you just said okay. and completely disagree with it, um, and kind of give an example of it. Okay. Uh, I 
if okay so i agree with cody that um the chosen one should just be like okay this is it this is what i'm doing now right mm -hmm. um but i hate invincible characters and i hate mm. um i hate like infallible characters mm -hmm. and so when i when i hear um when i hear descriptions of characters that are like uh yeah this guy he's such a cool character like he does all this badass shit like I, he like never you know he never fucks off and he like understands his duty it's boring to me and you know what the number one thing that i always think of is superman who's the mm. most boring mm. character oh, i've ever true. heard about because he's just he just always he can do fucking everything and and I know this is fantasy, not comic books, but uh, Captain America is the same thing. He's just a perfect yeah. guy, and he has no flaws, and you should look up to him, and you should join the army. Like, I hate him. <laughs> yeah. He's just boring. Like, give me... give Like, I, I can't stand Marvel movies anymore, but give me someone that actually has, like, I don't know, a flaw or somebody that, like, even if they accept that they're the chosen one, they're, like... Um, hesitant or caught up in their own shit and like mm -hmm. or, or the obstacle is sometimes too great like that is my least fit i hate infallible characters I'm gonna i can't you. relate to yeah gonna, uh, you, you can finish you finish oh all i was gonna say is i can't relate to somebody perfect you know yeah i'm gonna piggyback on your piggyback to give i, I think you can logan oh that's oh, wow. all right we're ending it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was fantasy <laughs> to, to give Mostly. it to give a fantasy example of this like the core D, &D character drizzit de Worden, oh, yeah, is yeah. the pinnacle of this and i fucking hate that series because he's just He's so boring. Cody, and for the anybody else who ever listens to this who doesn't know, Drizzt Jordan is he's a, a dark elf uh, who comes from the Underdark. And the under dark elves are like the kind of orcs who are just evil. They worship a spider demon goddess. And they're just the mean. The anti-elves. Yeah, they're just mean fucks. And Drizzt is nice and perfect. And he does everything right. And he just is always there and loyal for his friends. And it's super it's, cool. He has like a hundred girlfriends. Yeah. It's just so <laughs> sickly sweet, gross after like giant bugs. penis. Huge <laughs> cock. Uncut too, which makes it even better. Oh God. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where's the, <laughs> Oh man. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I fucking hate characters like that that just don't that have the Superman complex. Uh, Cody, I have a good example. Uh, and I guess this is kind of cheating because Avatar The Last Airbender is like the gold standard for yeah. so many things. Um, but Aang is a character who uh, like really has some legitimate uh problems and struggles mm. accepting that he's the chosen one and he's like i'm just a kid I, and yeah, he's like he gets a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh and he gets knocked down so many times and he just loses confidence in himself mm -hmm. and he needs his friends to like you know prop him back up um but you know ang is like such a good chosen character in that regard and i think is like one of the best chosen ones yeah ever yeah. and avatar the last airbender perfect example of character building in a group setting mm -hmm. uh, yes. they do all have one goal but they're all very unique characters not some stereotypes in the beginning but they you bound they they kind of jump off those to make even better characters just 
and and you can make you can make an argument for like exploring the homogenous society type yes. thing too because we're just wrapping it up with avatar um <laughs> because like they characterize um the different nations so often as especially the fire nation as being mm -hmm. like these kinds of people but like when they actually go to the fire nation and, and like get to know some people it's like no these are just people yeah you know doing their their shit like yeah, yeah it's yeah. really yeah. great um i'm getting chills talking about avatar, avatar <laughs> we could do a whole like they do all the tropes right we could do a whole episode on avatar and maybe we will um uh, support us on patreon just kidding <laughs> <on Patreon. laughs> uh i mean i i want to i think it's more interesting to give tropes done poorly so yeah yeah anybody yeah. got one of those we'll kind of do a round table of that uh, like an example of something yeah, yeah, I I have some. Are, wait, are we still doing are we still doing likes and dislikes with tropes like most? Uh, I figure we'll just each give our like whatever we want to talk about like dislike do both do one whatever. Yeah, and we'll kind of cool. end it. I mean, I got I got some shit I could throw in. Go I for it. It, in. Is, it is over the last like ten seconds that I've been thinking about the topic. Uh, in my vast knowledge about everything, mm -hmm. uh, fantasy. There, I guess I can't say I dislike this, but I'm I have mixed feelings about it. Um. The idea, Logan kind of said it earlier with the whole invincible character type deal where it's the main character and they're like, I have to like, uh, I have to defeat this person, right? And Koji was kind of saying this about the tower where they're like, they're like, yeah, they're not a lot. They don't really have anything going for them, but you know, because they're the main character, they're not going to die and they're going to accomplish it. And the entire film or book or whatever is just like the journey about how they do it, right? Like what, what challenges do they face and what do they do? Um, so there's never any real concern that it's gonna end badly, right? You're like, oh yeah, like, like, despite everything, Goku is still gonna win this fight, mm -hmm. right? Like, we just don't know how it's gonna be done. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I have mixed feelings about that because it's shitty because I know that like I'm like, oh my god, he got hit with a fucking like this crazy ass attack, and like he's on the ground and he's like struggling to get up like it's WWE, but you know he's gonna get up because he has to because he's the main <laughs> character, right? Like, right? So it's like I never I never have that real fear. And then I think to myself, what's the alternative, right? And then I look at something like Game of Thrones where they just murder characters after again and again and again so much that it's a meme, right? Mm -hmm. And then I then I have to kind of weigh with myself like but but even in that there's main characters that never die, right? Like Jon Snow. I mean, I've never read the fucking books or whatever, but Jon Snow is still like he doesn't die. Mm -hmm. Uh well he does well, I mean, die, but... spoilers or whatever. Yeah, but I'm saying like he's still like the main character for so much of it, and you know that like despite all these great odds, like he's still gonna win and stuff. So mm -hmm. it's like where where do you balance that? Uh, I I would love to find a series that kind of rocks my world, and then you know the bad guys win or something. That'd be kind of that'd be kind of cool. I think to kind of like combine it with a point you made earlier, um, Game of Thrones is one of those one of those series that like it doesn't really have a single main character you know it's more of like an ensemble cast and i think yeah. that's kind of how you get closer to what you're talking about there because if you have like you know in the case of game of thrones like 10 or 15 characters you're following the story can still progress if any one of them dies because that's not the main character you know yeah. so i feel like having more central characters is kind of a way to get around that i feel like because i mean goku's goku he's always got to you know why am i watching dragon ball z if it's not goku you know like right. <laughs> but if you have more characters you kind of have that freedom to kill someone off or have them fail yeah i think so mm -hmm. uh and then since i'm just gonna hog up this screen time the thing that i like the most in this fantasy shit is uh the idea of like contrasting characters with their character traits uh you know like 
so much so that it's stereotypically where you have like this huge like hulking behemoth of a paladin and he has like a squeaky voice and he's like afraid of mice uh or having like like the idea of like a like a stupid fucking mage who like can't do math but has mm-hmm. uncontrollable like electric powers it would be incredible to me mm-hmm. uh like I, I i love the idea that like seeing a group of five paladins that all have vastly different personalities but they're all like physically enormous and super imposing uh would be would be super cool and i i I just like seeing characters that subvert uh those roles and those traits i think it's a cool i think it's a good time jesse you want to go uh i'm still formulating okay Okay. (laughs) Uh, I've i've got mine i think i think going for like my least favorite would be the you know the infallible character like i said earlier um uh, as for like a favorite thing that we see in tropes, I do kind of in general just want to be um, surprised, and I like you know like you said kind of uh, subverting expectations. But I I love a I love like a sad ending. Like mm-hmm. give me give me a failure, give me a story mm-hmm. that's like rewarding to read, but that like doesn't end well necessarily. Like I don't like it when um like oh yeah you know sora beat the bad guy and then he goes sora. home and he lives happily ever after like i don't want a happily ever after always mm-hmm. you know like do, maybe do you he... have an example of that Logie? uh the the first thing that comes to mind is um and it's not necessarily fantasy but um the first thing that comes to mind is like ex machina uh the mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. Uh, for oh, those yeah. of you That's that have one. not seen it it does not end happily and it <laughs> yeah it subverts everything that you think is going to happen right at the last second and it yeah. sucks and you feel like you got punched in the gut and i love that because i don't i don't think every story should have a happy ending so if no. if an ending can be sad and done well that's my favorite shit mm-hmm. yeah i mean we all fucking died at the end of the dd yeah. exactly <laughs> and they, we should have died that was the correct <laughs> yes, thing yeah. to happen. <laughs> that was a, yeah yeah um Anything else you want to say, Lugi? Otherwise, I'll jump in with mine. I got my two in, so I'm good. Okay. Uh, so I I, I chose... I, I went with powerful artifact trope. And my... Uh, Wait, as with, like or dislike? Uh, for both. For both. So my, oh, okay. My dislike version of the powerful artifact is... Um, and it, I'm stretching with power artifact uh, here, but the force in um, Star Wars, I really don't like... Um, when it, characters have this ability that is just a uh, is just a plot device to fix any holes in bad writing or anything like that. So with the force, it's like, okay, what do I need the force to do for me? And I can make it do that. It's not necessarily like here are the constraints of what the force can do and the characters have to abide within them. It's just like, do I want this character to manifest as a ghost and give wise old teachings to this person? Fuck it. The force can make that happen. Do I want somebody to be able to astral project their entire being fucking light years away from themselves and have a full scale battle with a walker? Fuck it. The force can do that. So shit like that, I, I don't, I, I think it's done really poorly. Uh, especially when they, the reason why it's done really poorly is because they don't give the watcher or the reader the bounds or the, the rules that that system works with. 
Um, and then where this works fucking incredibly well. I actually had two, uh, the one I, I was thinking of. I just thought of another good one. So I'm going to say three because I can't. Uh, where I, where, it's my fucking show. It's not my show. Where this, uh, I'll give skirmits. This is skirmits. Uh, where this works really well is in uh, Full Metal Alchemist with the, the alchemy system. Like, I, and the reason why this works really well is because there's a, one, there's rules, but more so why I like it so much is because there's a price that is paid with everything that happens. And enough might the law of equivalent yeah, exchange yeah. another example of this was um uh in malazan there's a character who has this sword uh named dragnipur and it's like this fucking huge sword that just eliminates people in one single swipe like destroys them um but it comes with like a heavy toll with it and do you know the the toll coach i didn't want to spoil no Okay, I'm glad I didn't say anything, but it comes with a heavy toll. So the the I love when a powerful artifact has some kind of price to be paid uh, for it. So that's mine. Yeah, I I echo that a lot. I think yeah. a lot of the reason why I'm so skeptical of magic and fantasy is that it just seems like a like what you, like you said a fixer, right? Yeah. Where like like it it's not maybe because it's a movie or something like that it's often when i come into contact with shit like that but it's never explained well enough that what the constraints are mm -hmm. so there'll be a character who like you'll be like walking through this cave or whatever and then they're like and they have like a ball of fire yeah. in your hand and you're like what, what the fuck asshole like you could have done that anytime and you just did it like now or like in the moment of like desperation they can like unleash all this like powerful energy and you're like you like you had the power to do that this whole fucking time and you yeah. didn't and then like it just makes me not like them Exactly. Oh, I just unlocked the power. <laughs> the situation <laughs> unlocked it within me. I, I, th I thought of something. I it's something in a specific series that I don't like that kind of has to do with what you're talking about. Okay. Um, in the sense, like maybe you're talking magic system. So Naruto, mm -hmm. uh, you start the series out. Everyone's using hand signs and <sighs> using hand signs to like you know this is like a way to form your your inner energy, your chakra, mm -hmm. to do specific jutsus or spells and it right? looks bad and it looks fucking bad sick. And then, as you get going into there the wasn't series, a single 12 just... year old that wasn't practicing those <laughs> yeah oh yeah dude <laughs> seriously but then as you keep going in the series you know they're starting to learn you know naruto's getting strong you know sasuke's getting strong all these people are getting stronger right but then all of a sudden they just like yeet the idea of the hand signs they're just gone like no one uses hand signs for jutsu like Sasuke just has lightning and just fucking shoots it out of his hand. And then know? at that point, it's like not even ninj ninjutsu. It's yeah, it's like just, just like, it's magic. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, all it is. Which like, ninjutsu, no... it's magic, but it has its flavor rules. to be like... Right, they, they threw the rules out the window, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, everyone's getting godlike powers just because, and like, it, you know, the series powers is like things. super near and dear to my heart because I grew up with it and I just love that shit. But mm -hmm. like, one big thing that I just, that really irks me, and I guess it's kind of what, you know, Griff was saying is like, it's the opposite of Fullmetal Alchemist, where they have rules and they stay, you know, trying true to those rules. It's like they had a sweet system and they just fucking just it's gone. Not nah, it's gone. we don't need it anymore because they're so strong that they don't need hand signs. It's like you know, let you where the rules go. Everyone yeah. else still uses hand signs and like I don't know. I guess that's one of the things that upsets me. Uh, one that I like, and I think it's just because I love like lore and like just a way the way that like lore is given to you is just the Malazan series I just I don't know like being thrown into something and like rather than just being like lore dumped and stuff like that I don't know mm -hmm. I'm just super into that so it's really good it, it feels it, the immersion it helps with immersion and like 
it's not a trope at all. And I think when you, like, I guess, just say, since it's not a trope, it's a lot easier to just, like, fucking, you know, absorb that information yeah. and immerse yourself. Because when you know something's a trope, it's a lot harder to, like, oh, it's like, yeah, I know, this is going to happen. It's predictable, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... It helps you put yourself in it, too. Yes. Like... Because you know, you're like, oh, I know, this, you know, yeah. this is the chosen one. He's going to be badass. Yeah. Or, like, this, you know, this artifact's going to make it to where I'm going to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, or, like, this is my quest. It's, like, when you're more thrown into something like that, which Malazan does really well, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, like, I'm in this world now. I don't... And learning that way is a lot cooler than learning through, like, weird tropes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, in, um, <clears throat> in Star Wars, when... They and Star Wars is like has cool world building, but mm-hmm. it's kind of gotten out of control because it, you know, um, in like the first movie uh, when they meet Han Solo, they just reference shit that happened in the galaxy, mm-hmm. and it kind of expect you to like catch on to what it is. Like you don't have to understand what the what the castle castle run is that yeah. castle run okay yeah yeah like they just say it and it sounds cool mm-hmm. right like yeah you did the castle run and. Six point eight parsecs or whatever, yeah, yeah. and like they don't explain and they don't need to explain what that is, but it's put up on a pedestal and they just kind of are. It's it's not like treating the viewer like uh, they're you not know a dumb, the a dumb idiot, right? Or they're not mm-hmm. they're the, it's not treating the viewer as someone who is a viewer. It's treating them as like, hey, you know this already. Yeah, yeah. It's and like it, you're part of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it lets you be a lot more immersed in that kind. Yeah, which is why, you know, Star Wars is, like, very immersive right. for people. In that and then way. fast forward 40 years and they make an entire movie to explain that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jesse, you got year two? I do. Uh, mine are... Um, mine are kind of about anime, I guess. Uh, 30%? <laughs> but it, it, it can be... I'm trying to think of examples um, that can be applied to, like, fancy and stuff. But basically, the trope is, like the tumultuous internal struggle that a character goes through um like really just like do i do this to be a good person or do i do this because it's easier and i haven't i don't have the the character growth to like face this and i'm 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 afraid of something so like the internal struggle i guess is what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. and like i i think when it like one instance of it being done poorly um is just when it goes on for too long and it's just stretched out and you can't even like really understand clearly uh if the characters made any progress mm-hmm. despite all of the like stuff that's uh, going yeah on. despite all the stuff that's going on and all of the like internal monologue so like i just finished neon genesis okay and <laughs> like it's like fucking amazing but also at the same time shinji is just like I'm a bad person. <laughs> I don't deserve anything. <laughs> but that, it go- that is one hundred percent of that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, show. it is the show. Sad um, show. Yeah, but and I, I'm struggling to kind of like come up with other examples. Um, but it's just like the internal struggle that goes on for too long and doesn't really like have a breakout moment where the character has like the, a new resolve. I guess um, like Shinji just flip flops the entire show. And it is about, you know, him understanding, uh, like, the internal struggle that he has. One show that I think does it really well, um, where the character is, um, you know, really fighting with his his values and, and whatnot, and then finally makes a decision, and when it happens in the show, you're like, fuck yes. 
yes, he, he's made the choice, is Berserk. In oh, guts. Okay. yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, in, in, in Guts having, like, um, you know, having this whole, uh, like, struggle with what loyalty is and, like, who he wants to be loyal to. And then, you know, there's, like, the breakout moment in the show where he makes the decision and, like, he stays on the path. And that's what I really love. And that's when I... That's when shows and, and movies and books, like, do that really, really well. Right, right. So, yeah, that, that's sort of my... That, uh, my I think you were going to say Tokyo Ghoul for a sec there. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen yeah, Tokyo I mean, that, I mean, that, that is... That kind of, does apply, though. It's the same thing, though. I yeah. mean, he, you know, he, like, becomes part ghoul and, like, yeah. he's, like, struggling with, like, if I should be human or if I should start eating other people mm-hmm. and then he's like ah fuck it i'll start eating everyone and then, fuck it all you know, and then he becomes like cool badass but mm-hmm. like if that never that that it's just like never ending if it, if it doesn't yeah. stop or mm-hmm. you know if, the, if there is no choice then yeah that's pretty shitty kind of being like yeah you know I don't know no payoff yeah no yeah. payoff exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, boys, I think this was a successful first episode of Mostly Fantasy. Hell yeah. Mm. Hell yeah. Last thing I will say before I sign off, uh, we coordinated shirts really well. I have black, Jesse has black, Koji has Hawaiian, and Cody has Hawaiian. It worked out really well. I just noticed. Yeah, yeah. And since I don't match either of those things. (laughs) It works perfectly that you're perfect. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Griffin, do you want to do you want to pimp your do you want to pimp your shit? Oh yeah, um, catch us live at twitch.tv forward slash it's Griffin I T S G R I F F E N. I am. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me, boys. I've been Cody. You can catch me live on twitch.tv slash it's Griffin I T S G R I F F E N. I stream whenever he's streaming. Uh, <laughs> Come on in and join the fun. Hang up. Uh, all right. You guys want to say your, your goodbyes? Yeah, I'm, I'm Koji. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, hopefully we'll be doing more of this. Hell yeah. Maybe so. maybe a weekly, maybe bi-monthly, sure. something I'm, like yeah, that. Yeah. Mm. Not against that at all. Yeah. Uh, th- I mean, this is just kind of the shit that we talk about mostly. Yeah. Uh, mo- most of the time, just mm-hmm. in a like, formalized format. 70% so. of the time. 70%. Yeah. Yeah. 70% <laughs> of the time. Exactly. And then the other 30% of the time, we're either talking about Kingdom Hearts or uh, a cut or uncut dicks. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mostly dicks. Yeah. That was um, Jesse. Yeah. He also yeah. streams at It's Griffin. <laughs> and finally, the turtle. I was base. Yeah, exactly. All right. Peace. Bye. Peace.